All right. Another edition of Vegas Sports Nation. We warmed up. We had the ladies in here. They warmed up the seats. And now I got my my comrades, Brooks Whitmore, Stevie Slapshot. What's going on, fellas? Well, you know how it is, Mark. This Sunday at the Super Bowl here in fabulous love. Wow. Five days. Whoever thought we we didn't think we would even have a team. Let alone the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, and, and I guess we're not even allowed. Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? Big game, like the big, big game. game. But you gotta ca- if you catch it before you say it, after you say it, you okay, okay? Because we don't want to get sued by the those uh, people up higher ups. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Goodell's probably out there listening to everybody. He's yeah. got a little pan, and he's like, he's fine. He's, a, he's an attorney at heart, and he's probably you know, yeah. He is the king of fines, though. <laughs> Finding us and starting massive. You'll get a letter in the mail, and it'll say from the NFL. You know where all that began? That began in Vegas because the casinos used to put out to everybody, "We're having a Super Bowl party in the casino. Everybody, come on down." You know? Cease and desist. Yep, and they said, <laughs> and they were charging for him. And the NFL, that's that triggered the NFL. But now that the NFL isn't so in bed with gambling, I don't know why they can't just say, okay, everybody can use Super Bowl again. Yeah. And just they really should just stop and just let everybody say Super Bowl who wants to say Super Bowl. All you're doing is extending their brand. Yeah, well, they, they, don't, they don't want people mar- profiting off their brand, which the big game to me, what's the difference in big game and Super Bowl? But they don't want people – people use the – the logos people use the for their parties and almost like they don't want to be connected to local businesses i don't know <laughs> they don't want to be connected to local businesses right because most of the businesses here are having parties just like here you see on their flyer yeah and big game they're not taking a chance no with somebody getting this flyer and it's saying super bowl <laughs> <laughs> right the wrong person get this flyer and they right. go yeah we're going to send you a fine and you got to pay it. If not, we're going to shut you down. <laughs> it's a billion dollar business, but that leads us into our backyard Raiders, little Raiders talk, little Raiders nation. I want to say hi to Mike Davis, by the way, yeah, because he listens. It's obvious. He listens. He does. He's, he got his ear on the, the 1400 AM or 107.1 FM. He's always listening. Cause after we talk, some decisions be made, right? Did we say Marvin Lewis? He was one of the ones we mentioned. Yes. yes. Yeah. A couple of weeks we ago. We mentioned three of them. Marvin, Marvin Lewis, Lewis was at the top of the list, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and Marvis, Marvin Lewis would be, you know, the, the thing I, I will say that is good is that he is giving Antonio Pierce all the resources he needs and, and loosening the purse strings to help him be successful. Yes. And so that is truly, you know, that's good on his behalf. Um, you know, I, I think Marvin Lewis is a, a little bit of a journeyman in the coaching world. I didn't, he hadn't, he doesn't walk in with a ton of success and he doesn't walk in with a terrific record. Um, he got fired by the Bengals, wasn't it? Yeah, he's with the Bengals. Yeah, a long so, time. Yeah, he was with the Bengals 16 years. They, okay. they, they couldn't, they wouldn't fire him. And he, for some reason, he always managed to year after year, keep his job and i think a big part of it i've met marvin lewis a couple of times when he was with the ravens and one thing about marvin lewis is he is a a football guy but he's also a very respectable guy right okay. he's not going he's not the type that's going rah rah and hoopla and he's commands respect and so i think also in that pierce has it but i think it also on and off the field in the locker room you add more respect 
to the Raider organization when you bring in a Marvin Lewis. That's like a Tony Dungy. If you bring in a Marvin Lewis, he brings not only a little bit of four or five years in the college rankings, but he brings 16 to I'm looking at his resume. I mean, it's over 25 years in the National Football League. Yeah, and I mean he's got he's got a ton of pedigree. Yeah. that he brings into the building. Um, you know, we also kind of mentioned that Pierce needed some in-game assistance as well. He needed. Is this the guy to help him with that? Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's 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 exactly why they hired him. That's exactly why they hired him. Yeah. The, 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 his his title is assistant head coach. Okay. He, so he started exactly. in the NFL in nineteen ninety as the linebacker coach for the Steelers. So and then before that he was about four or five stops in college. So he was with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Redskins. Redskins is important too because Pierce was drafted by the Redskins. Yeah. So so uh Marvin Lewis was Antonio Pierce's defensive coordinator with the Washington Redskins. Yep, and then he took over the Cincinnati job and he was there fifteen years. Right. Right. <laughs> That's a good run. 15 years. Of, yeah. And he, he didn't have like a bad record all 15 years. He had, he didn't have the players. He was working with Andy Dalton and, uh, I mean, you know, he didn't have the players that they have now. Yeah. And so when you look at this guy's resume and what he's done over the course since 1981, he started at Idaho State all the way up until 2024, the present. He brings something to this regular organization, not only credibility, but also a level of respect right. around the coaching and also with players. Because even the younger players that's playing now, they might not know who Marvin Lewis is, but by the time he get in that locker room, they'll know exactly who he is and what he's done. And they're probably looking him up, Googling him, Wikipedia sure. him just to see what he's done. Because if you're going to coach him, come work for me or have somebody you know, listen to you. I'm sure these guys are starting to see that like this guy has done a, a, a lot with the NFL, but also he's done some things with college. So he's going to be able to adjust to the players, the current players. Right. Yeah. I think he's going to bring a ton of wealth of experience into the building. He's not going to encounter anything. He hasn't probably seen in the past. He's not going to get, you know, he's not going to get shocked by anything that happens in game. No. And so I really, I actually think he's a great pickup for the Raiders. Yeah. I think he's a great, you know, assistant, assistant you know, head coach is, is a perfect spot for him. Yeah. And he's won a Super Bowl uh, and he won a championship in college. Okay. And he's been, was a coach of the year in 2009. So, oh, I mean, when you look at his resume, 131. Wins, 122 losses, three ties, 51% postseason. That's the only rough part he's had in his career. He's 0-7 in the postseason. And career-wise, he's 50. His percentage of wins and losses is right at 50%. It's pretty it's respectable. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're coming here as the assistant head coach, but you're also coming here to mentor Tony Pierce, to mentor Graham, mm -hmm. to mentor these coaches because – of that wealth of experience that he has. And on both sides of the ball, I think he's going to be a good Especially the defense though. Yeah. And he'll he'll be a, he'll he'll get the Well, he's had the, the best players. players, best defense. I mean, he's he was the head the defense he'll, he'll, for that. He'll, he'll teach them again. He's got that all that experience. He'll he'll teach them things that they can use in games that'll that'll help the Raiders win ball games. Yeah. And I think this this hire also puts the Raiders another win or two, maybe even three more extra wins than what they had this year, because he's going to be able to know this player should be on 
this side, this player should be here. He's going to be able to format those players and see what the Raiders got. Because I guarantee he's been watching this Raider team before Pierce got hired and after Pierce got hired because Pierce was his guy when they were at the uh, Arizona State together. They were at Arizona State together. So, um, uh, I mean, it's a diamond. I, I think this is a diamond. This is a hire. And I'm surprised he was not hired by somebody else. He was in college in 2023. He was out of football. Um, well, he was at Arizona State from 2021 to 2023. I'm just shocked nobody else seen what Mark Davis and, you know, and I think this was a Pierce hire. Hey, we got to, mm-hmm. he can help me. He can yeah. guide the ship. If something does happen and Pierce has some decision-making issues like that, Marvin Lewis is right there to kind of say, look, Hey, let's do it this way. And I think he'll listen to Marvin Lewis, right? It's yeah. it, uh, one thing about being in charge or being a head coach or being a head of a company. You always want to be able to have somebody with you that know more than you, right? Cause guess what Pierce, guess what Pierce is going to do. If this works out and Pierce wins, Marvin Lewis is going to be a key to to their success with the Raiders. And I and I guarantee this team is going to be a lot better than they were the last 2 years. So you're telling me Josh McDaniels surrounded himself with people who were smarter than he was? No, but Josh McDaniels is not Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce welcomes this. Right. Antonio Pierce he is, knew. Smart, is smarter than in 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 a, in a world view than, yeah. than, than McDaniels is. Right. McDaniels well, seems like he's insecure. McDaniels thought yes. he knew it. Yeah, he he thought the Belichick way or the Patriot way was the only way. The way, yeah. and I, I don't know if we discussed it or if you guys heard about it, but they got into it because Pierce had said something about the Patriots, and McDaniel said, "Don't talk like that about the Patriots." In the room with the whole staff, and that's when it really just fell apart because you don't you supposed to bleed black and silver, not defending the Patriots. And so that's where I think this whole thing with McDaniels came to a head. And he could have probably finished the season if he wasn't trying to defend the Patriots. Are you a Raider like Pierce? I don't think that's what Pierce, the difference between him and McDaniels was. And McDaniels thought he was all that. Well, as the Raiders turn, took a little twist this week, too, on the offensive coordinator. Yes. Another good hire. We had. Well, we which one? Gets, I think, I think, I think Gets. He brings a brings a little bit of experience too. Yeah, I, I don't have a well, lot of history on Gets, and tell me a little bit about what you think. But King, well, Kingsbury was here for Cliff one day. He was a one day wonder. Do you know what happened? Uh, no, he didn't call me. You didn't I, know? Okay, I, I bet it's money. Yeah, it was a contract. He wanted three years, and they Raiders were willing to offer two. I think Pierce got a two year deal too. It hasn't came out, but I think. We're not doing the McDaniels, John Gruden, yeah. 10 years, five years, six year deals. I think he offered Kingsbury two and he wanted three. And probably, and also he probably, uh, Lewis is probably on a two year deal too. Of course. I think the whole, the whole group. You have two years. on a two year yeah. deal. Which, if it doesn't work out, Mark Davis is not in a hole again, right? right? He has 10 years for Gruden, now probably six. But he also still has four, three or two or three for McDaniels. So what the sources were saying is he offered him two years, X amount of dollars. Clean Kingsbury wanted three. It broke down. 
Washington called him, and I think Washington is going to give him that three-year deal that he yeah. wants. Yeah. Yeah. You so, go. you know, and Getz, a little bit about him. Um, he's fairly green. Um, he's fairly green, but he has been coaching since 2007. We haven't heard of him. 2007, he went in as a player, actually. He was on the practice squad with the 49ers, and then he coached Pittsburgh. Um Great, a GA. So he, he's, he's got a lot of experience. No real offensive coordinator position, but he has been in some good places. Um, he was with the Packers as a quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, um, Western Michigan. He has some college and some pro experience, but he kind of jumped from the Green Bay Packers to Chicago and became an offensive coordinator for one year. So he only been offensive coordinator for one year in the National Football League. And that was with the Bears. And Last year. He got fired. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't know how, because I don't see any ties anywhere to <laughs> him being the reason the Raiders went after him so hard. Um, but maybe him and Telesco, I don't know. It, it, it really doesn't give me a lot of information. Maybe he just interviewed well. Maybe, maybe he blew him away in the interview. Yeah. And he, I mean, and their offense with the Bears was. But he was the coordinator for the Green Bay. But I agree with Mark. There's always some tie. degree. Yeah, there's always a tie. There's yeah. always some comfort level that you and I work together for three years over here, Stevie. And and, and that's usually and, what you and, see. And I have confidence in you. And you, you know, I know you got my back. I got your back. Everything's good. It always is some tie. Rarely is it is it a true hire of of the best person of the best person or. Somebody you don't have a relationship with, yeah. an existing relationship with. Yeah, and his, and and going back just a few years ago, you know, he really he broke in with the Packers. Um, I don't know what the tie is with the Raiders, but Packers. He was there, and then he went over to um, Chicago. Yeah, and so it's 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 something there. We probably don't see. I don't probably see it here, but there is a link with Getz. Um, and but anyway. He's a Raider now, right? We got to embrace him. And I think what I've been hearing is he wants, he's real high on Garoppolo. He likes Garoppolo. So how much does that weight carry with him being the offensive coordinator? We'll see. But um, I don't know. We'll see what the quarterback situation is. But if I'm the offensive coordinator and you just hired me, I should have some say in the quarterback, right? I should have some say in which quarterback fits my offense. Yeah, Steve and I are picking ourselves up off the ground right yeah. now. Yeah. Because if this guy loves Garoppolo, I I I mean that's a that's a pretty big pill to swallow if you're a Raider fan. Yeah, and he just uh, might say that because he think Garoppolo fits into his system and not McConnell. Hmm. But that's why well, we, me and Steve were talking earlier, right? These guys switch jobs and new offensive coordinators. And from afar, he's probably been watching the Raiders and going, okay, Garoppolo, McConnell, out of those two, who would you keep? And his offense may fit more Garoppolo than does McConnell. Yeah, but I mean, I think you keep McConnell because he's cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you don't let him go, but you've 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 invested nine games in him, and he's got some NFL experience. And having a good backup quarterback in the NFL is a is a really 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 positive thing for your team because your starter rarely makes it through the season unscathed. Right. And so 
I, I mean, I have a hard time with that. I think, you know, I think Jimmy G should be on the chopping block personally. Yeah. And he might be. I'm just, this is just, again, sources, people, you know, just kind of throwing out there that he had. And I don't, again, another thing, it could be a relationship. It could be, it could be, who knows what he might see as, because as a professional, right? As a professional in any field, you can see somebody as a good fit for your system. When, right? when was he with the 49ers? Gutsy? He was never with the 49ers. No, you said he was a player with the 49ers, didn't you say oh. that? 2007. Was that was Garoppolo with the 49ers? No, Garoppolo was there more in like okay. 14, 15. I think right. he was 16, something like that. All right, so I that's not it. Yeah, he was a he was a. But again, it could be some ties there with Garoppolo. But I'm just you know that to me when by him saying that is the the offense that he's bringing. Obviously, it didn't fit Justin Fields. Right. Right. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. it did fit yeah. kind of a mobile running quarterback. Does it fit more of a pocket passer? Because let's remember Garoppolo and you look at his resume. He just probably was bad in McDaniel's system. Right. McDaniel thought he was going to be good because he did in what he did in New England. But he went to San Francisco under the Shanahan kind of window and they went to the Super Bowl. They did go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was efficient, you know, and. Maybe the system that McDaniels was running didn't fit Garoppolo, or maybe Garoppolo didn't fit McDaniels' system. If they keep him, you can still keep McConnell. Yeah, but there's been a lot of rumor about picking up Justin Fields for the Raiders. I mean, is that that's over now? Yeah, I don't now with this, with this hire. I don't think they bring in Justin Fields. No, no, I think so. That's a they go to the thirteenth pick, and do you take a quarterback or do you take a DB? Or a receiver, or you know, somebody that's sitting there. The best available will be a quarterback at thirteen. You can get a Bo Nix. You can get a Bo Nix sitting there at thirteen. Yep. Yeah, you got two backups. <laughs> but that's how the NFL, the turning of the NFL, which we'll talk about in a couple of weeks with the NFL draft coming up in February, end of the twenty eighth to the fourth of March. So we'll talk about the draft and who we think. I think we'll take at each I say we do the top 32 picks and do a mock draft and just see which where guys should land or what best need but in the NFL world the NFL world is the best available <laughs> and it don't even matter the position that's the thing if you got a quarterback sitting there they say five quarterbacks may go in the first 15 picks that's a lot of quarterbacks JJ McCarthy's been even talked about being in the the first round so it's it's just the best available is always trying to find a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think every team is always trying to find their franchise quarterback because there's so few and far between. Yeah. And the reality is, you know, give praise to the 49ers <laughs> because they picked Mr. Irrelevant and he's in the Super Bowl and he was 252. I mean, give them credit. That's you know, it, it's amazing, actually, that, that, and it's a, it is a, it is a it wonderful happen. story. That's that's a far that never that. Well, Tom Brady was drafting one ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been some quarterbacks has been late picks, and but again with this Raider team, I think these two hires were to be seen. But I think the Marvin Lewis hi, Marvin Lewis hire was really good for the team as a whole because he's he's going to be at the rub shoulders, and they made him the assistant head coach, not yeah. the. Uh, you know, just a position coach. He's the assistant to the head coach. Anything happen goes wrong with Pierce. Marvin Lewis is the head coach. Anytime. I mean, meaning if something happens. No, yeah, that's a good insurance policy. If they rattle off 0 and 5 and. And you decide you want to make a change. Right. 
We go right down the right two people down and yeah. we grab Marvin Lewis. So I think I think Mark Davis is given some credit with some of these hires that came in and even with Telesco. I think his resume speaks for itself and I think he'll be able to you know, kind of shake up the. Yeah, audience. maybe they'll draft better under Telesco. I hope. Yeah, he's. I mean, the Chargers have had some really good draft picks over really, the years. Yeah. Really good draft picks yeah. and some trades. <laughs> they just can't get over the that oh. little hump. But you know, we'll talk more about that. Speaking of get getting going. over, speaking of getting over the hump, it was a great week in UNLV hoops. Let me tell you, you got two wins for the guy, men. Two wins for the Lady Rebels. Dayton Thomas was freshman of the week. Freshman of the week, Mountain West. In the Mountain West, pretty amazing. Uh, They knocked off Fresno State uh, 78-69. They turned around and beat Wyoming 62-48. So we've been talking and talking and talking and talking about the Rebels' identity. What is it? I figured it out. Okay. Here it is. Defense. If they play defense from the jump... They're a pretty good team. Okay. And they can play some smothering defense at times. When they have all five players engaged and really swarming and really getting after the ball, they cause the other team fits. And it enables them to get a a first-half lead, and then they can kind of adjust through the course of the game and adjust through the runs. But if they get the first run, it really sets them up to – to win the game because they're going to sometime during that game they'll experience a little bit of a, sh- a shooting slump. They're just not a team that's going to you know shoot lights out the entire game. And so it enables them to kind of weather those storms as they come at UNLV and if they continue to put defensive pressure on, it really transitions them and it turns into points quite a bit for them. And so especially in Wyoming, they were really put the clamps on Wyoming and Wyoming they scored 48 points. Right. And, and Wyoming's a pretty good team. I was really impressed by holding them to 48. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't know that you were going to say this, but in, in, in any sport, and we're heading into the playoffs here in college basketball, so we're heading into it's, mm-hmm. it's essentially the playoffs. Defense wins in playoffs. So if they can keep this up, that, that bodes well for them, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think they're the last three games, at least. All right. Let's speak about the last three games that they've won soundly, not, 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 you know, the, the Fresno State game was, you know, 78-69. But when you look at the Wyoming game and you look at the San Jose State game, three games in a row for this team in the Mountain West, right? We didn't – last week when we were talking, I mean, you couldn't have told us that this team would win three games in a row just because we didn't know what their identity was, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, now we kind of got an idea. If this team plays good defense, comes out, start fast, this team could – potentially be a top three top four mountain west team if they play consistently three games in a row that's and san jose fresno state and wyoming all back to back that's pretty impressive when we look at the unlv team that was very inconsistent right win loss win loss loss win Mm-hmm. You know, they were going kind of up and down the roller coaster of basketball. And we start talking about, oh, there's too many guys transferred, too many guys in the portal. They probably got these guys. But I, you're starting to see a little bit of a glimpse of some of their leaders, like yep. Thomas, like the Boone brothers. Yeah. Right. You're starting to see those guys kind of take Rodriguez. a step up. And that's what's helping this team, because now you can go, OK, we know the identity of this team. And defense is probably where it starts. But also. We're going to run our offense through the boom, brothers. We're going to run it through Rodriguez. Thomas is going to be the facilitator, 
And if he scores double figures, that's great. Cause he, I mean, every game he has 10, 11, 12, 13 points mm-hmm. from your point guard. That's good. And you got seven, eight assists. And so I think right now we're starting to see what we was trying to see back in January. Yeah. And they just didn't have any, they didn't have that chemistry for games. But they didn't have continuity that carried them through from game to game to game. And but they, you're seeing it now. You're still a little bit, but they tr- they typically every given night it's a different person who seems to pick up UNLV and win the game for them. Now you're going to get some repeats. The Boom Brothers have won. They're pretty several, consistent several games. Yeah, and, and Dayton Thomas is getting pretty consistent as well as you just said. So because of that, now I think they, with the defense, are going to make a deeper run in the Mountain West. They're two games out. It's a very compressed tight. <laughs> yes. So it's seven and two, and they're five and four. They're two games out, but in the reality is that's a lot of work. But they're going in. They got a week off this week. They go in and they play on the road at New Mexico in the pit. But typically, they're pretty good in New Mexico. They've got a good little run here for the last few years against New Mexico. I think New Mexico only beat UNLV once yeah. in that, you know, let's say a four or five year window. I think last year, in the two last two years, they didn't beat. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, it was a, it was home last year, but the year before that, they beat New Mexico in the pit, and New Mexico was ranked. Yeah, I think UNLV did mm-hmm. come out of there with a victory. Last kind of last minute of the game, they came back and won the game. So I don't. New Mexico being the 2015 ranked, I don't think this UNLV team is kind. You know, they're not afraid to play against these top teams that are in the Mountain West. So, I wouldn't be surprised if UNLV goes into the pit and walks out of there with a, a close, maybe an overtime win. Oh no, I I think that's absolutely attainable. Yeah, absolutely attainable. And I know, and I think now, and I don't think they ever were afraid or worried about playing certain teams, but you if. But I think now they know they can beat any team. Yeah. They're confident they can go into any building and beat a team. They beat Boise, you know, on the road. And Boise's tough to play at Boise. And so so I think that they're going to have good success. And and while they're having success, everybody else in the Mountain West is beating each other up. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of this comes from that loss to Air Force. Yeah. And Coach, maybe even Kruger is starting to go, okay, this is my rotation. This is my minutes on subbing players, right? Because he has to pay a part in this three-game winning streak as well. So let's not forget about Kruger and how we was kind of throwing him out to dry to saying he needs to be fired at the end of the season. But I think he's also starting to find, okay, this is my rotation. This is my lineup. You coming out. You getting this amount of minutes. Because even their bench players sometimes, they do come in and contribute, all right? They got some guys that come in and contribute. Oh, yeah. So he's finding his – well, he found Whaley, and Whaley's kind of worked his way because, you know, the injury to Hill, and then, and then Webster is injured as well. So they had two pretty key injuries from original starters. But Whaley came in, and he's playing great. Yeah. I remember he's, we was talking about him that one, a, that game. We was like, wow, he's, he's a wide both body. sides. And yeah. he's big. I mean, look like a, you know, kind of a linebacker yeah. playing basketball skills. So I think this team right now, I mean, with their schedule, and as I'm looking here, at their next few games, this team is is capable. They got New Mexico at the tough February tenth, Fresno State February fourteenth at Fresno State. Then they come back and they play UNR here, Air Force, Colorado State, and then they kind of start over. They got Wyoming, San Jose State. This team is capable of winning at least three or four of the next seven games. Yeah, well, easily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they don't slip up, because Air Force was a kind of a, 
what you got, what happened, right? Yeah, that That's a game you don't lose, right? Air Force shouldn't have lost. But again, that shows the parody in the Mountain West. Air Force, and ever since UNLV lost the Air Force, they ran off three in a row. Yeah. So they got something happening after that Air Force loss. And, you know, it was a big loss, but they shouldn't have lost the Air Force game. No, not at all. And on top of that, the rest of the Lady Rebels. Yes. They, uh, in this past week, knocked off the number two uh, team, Wyoming, 58-51. And they got revenge against New Mexico. New Mexico beat them earlier here at UNLV. They turned yep. around and knocked them off in the pit. They only lost. 62-56. They're sitting at 19-2. and two. They're just outside the top 25. They're 26-27. So if they keep winning... They should creep back up into the top 25. They will. And I think they will keep winning as well. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so those were the top, th- those are the top two teams in the Mountain West uh, Women's Basketball League. And we just, we just beat them. Yep. And we beat one of them. Soundly. The so, you know, so way to go, Lady Rebels. I think they're Fresno on, on track. Yeah. And they're back at, again, they play at Fresno State. They play at Colorado State here at home. So February 14th, get out. Breast Cancer Awareness Day, uh, wear your pink, support the Lady Rebels as they take on Colorado State um, over at Cox Pavilion. So they 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 got a they got a chance to run the table uh, with these next games. They got San Diego State and Utah State there at the to, to final the final two games of their um, season. So I'll tell you what's going to be fun this year is the Mountain West Men's Tournament. Yeah, that is going to be a really exciting. Doggy, and you know what? Dog it, tournament. Sometimes you go into it and you say, "Okay, it's San Diego State. They're just too dominant. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna roll everybody." But in this this year, it, who knows who's gonna end up on top of that? Yeah. Tournament. And and last year or two, I want to say it's been like a, a like a, last year I went to it and it was yeah. it was like, okay, these teams matched up. They were so evenly matched. You was like. Eight could beat one. Seven can beat two. Like you, you can see it the way they played. And it were some teams that did, like UNLV went to the second. Yeah. The next round, the quarterfinals, I think it was. But you can see that in conference play where these teams on any given night and in Mountain West Conference, it's back to back to back to back to back. You don't really get that, that break right there. But I would not be surprised if this come down to like, you know, Three and four C being in the championship, or the four and five C being in the championship, because of the parity. What you say, Stevie? Uh, I agree with that. They're 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 pretty even in this uh, in this league. Again, I I just want to see room for UNLV. Just see, see that defensive presence again. Yeah. Because again, that that wins postseason games. Yeah. No, definitely. Let's go to some. VGK segment of the day. The VGK. What are the Knights doing in the world of hockey? They just coming off the All Star break, right? So they got right. the second half, almost second half of the season. So yeah. what do we what do we think the Knights are playing for now? I'm gonna flip this over to Stevie a little bit because it we are an injury. We still have a lot of injuries. I was hoping we're getting guys back. I know, but I was hoping that this break. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty extended break in the world of hockey. Yeah. Would have given us an opportunity to get more players back. But no. give us a quick update, Stevie. And All right. You know. So Carlson's back from the broken foot tonight. Okay. Dorfeyev will not play tonight. I imagine it's a concussion for him. Um, he may be available on Thursday. Okay. Um, we're looking at one to two weeks yet on um, Theodore. And we're looking at two to four weeks on Eichel. 
Okay. Uh, Carrier? Carrier had a shoulder surgery, mm. and we're looking at the end of February. They're hoping the end of February. Okay. Well, these guys come off rehab pretty darn quickly. Let me tell you. Oh, well. <laughs> I need their doctors. We need. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Had shoulder surgery. He'll be back in five, six yeah. weeks. Did yeah. somebody have a back injury? Yeah. Somebody had back surgery too, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Eichel. Uh, no, it was Theodore. Theodore has the back problem. Eichel has a knee issue. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that, you know, having it ha- having had happened, mm-hmm. Are they going to play the game where they put somebody on LTIR, take that money, go out and find somebody to bolster the team, and then they'll have the miraculous recovery when we hit playoff time? Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I, what, what are they looking for though? Like they, they, they can't get against all that, that. That's too much money. Are they even looking for a forward? Are they looking for another defenseman? I, they're going to get Theodore back, right? Um, and and they're going to get Eichel back. So that so, just getting guys healthy, it feels like they they acquired a guy that they didn't have, right? Um, I, I wonder if they look at, at a veteran goaltender just in case. You know, they picked up quick last year. Uh, I, I I I haven't heard anything. I'm not sure what they'll do if anything. I know they'll look if if they can find a guy at the right price that they think can help them. I, I think they'll go get him. I mean, they have a history of making moves at the trade deadline. They do. They they're not one to sit on their hands and, that, that's and, true. and let the world pass them by. That's true. And so, but but they had cap room then that they don't really have now. It, it they're they're going to have to to if if they want to get a guy, they're either going to have to get a cheap guy, a, mm-hmm. a veteran who who's who can help them because he's a veteran but doesn't cost that much, or they'll have to do some. Cap finagling. A Paul Stasny or somebody even like along those lines. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. All right. So do you think post-All-Star break, Stevie, is in 2024 as it was in 2023 for the Golden Knights? I think it can be. Look, it's tough to win a championship. Now you're asking them to win back to back. I mean, it, that's really tough to do. Um, there are, especially this year in the Western Conference, right? Uh, you've got Vancouver now playing really well. Winnipeg playing really well. Dallas and Colorado already were. So th- this Edmonton. is, th- this is tough. I, 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 I personally don't buy Edmonton, but. They 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 are playing well right now. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's a good segue into tonight's game. So, the Edmonton is rolling. They are as 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 as, as well as you can play in hockey, and as long a streak as you can have in hockey. Mm-hmm. Tonight is the potentially the 17th game or 17th win in a row for for uh, Edmonton, and that would be an NHL record. Right. So, do they get the NHL record tonight? I don't think so, and here's why. That All Star break came at the wrong time, didn't it? Oh they, yeah, they were. That's the last thing they wanted, right? Winning sixteen in a row was to then take a week off, right? Right, and they're and they're on the road. So you think they come back a little stagnant, almost? I, I think it's possible. I, I I don't. It well in the first period, we'll see how how both these teams play. But I, I think the Knights have been better coming off of breaks than Edmonton has here in recent years. So and 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 Vegas has played well in the second half of seasons 
in recent years. I don't know that Edmonton's done that. I don't trust Edmonton's defense. Skinner's playing really well in goal. I, I don't. I just don't trust him to keep that up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it could be a great game tonight, though. It, it, it'll be a good be game tonight. Absolutely, a super good game. Yeah, and it's coin flip. I think Edmonton's uh, minus one sixty. Okay, in the on the lines, you know. So I so they are favored. All right. But I think I'm with you. In my book, I think the Knights kind of hunker down here, and uh, I think they're going to make things difficult. Um, I would like to see William Carlson on the first line skating against Connor McDavid because I think he's really – Believe me, they'll match up. Okay. They'll match him up. All right, Cause, uh, because I think he really is a good he, – he's a good nullifier. He is very good at that. And, but and, so is Waugh. Yeah. So is Waugh. But but you watch. They'll, they'll, as much as possible, he will match up Carlson with, with McDavid. Yeah. And, and I think Carlson's so big-brained. You know, and he's so, he puts himself in the right position all, all the, time. the time. All the time. And so that, that's kind of what, it probably frustrates McDavid a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he never, he doesn't get that. He can't get loose. Right. Yeah. He can't get loose. He can't get that edge. So it's pretty exciting. And then we got Arizona, which down in Arizona, and they come back for a game on the wild on Monday. So that's a pretty mild week of hockey. Yeah. Not, they, not, they, not too bad. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a crazy four game and, you know, three games in four days, a stretch at all. So rest-wise, I think they'll be pretty good. Yeah. Well, they should get rest because, again, in the first, you know, more than the first half, they played the most games in the NHL. Yeah. So now the second half should be a much easier schedule for them as far as getting time off. Yeah. And and, uh, circling back to to the trade deadline, you know, you're you're talking about defenders Mm -hmm. and – and the 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 blessing of injuries is that we've got a lot of defenders who've played a lot of minutes. Yeah, that aren't you know that are they're waiting in the wings now, and aren't and and if something should happen, aren't going to be fearful when they come up. They're gonna they're gonna have played already with these players. Uh, you know, numerous games. Korzak's played a ton of games already. That's true. And so you have a couple guys who who have the capacity. Um, you know who can help out, and the same thing on the offensive side. Same thing on you know on your forwards and wingers. Yeah, I I just I I, I kind of like Korzak, and I and I, I I see potential there, but he's making mistakes that you would expect him to make because mm-hmm. he's so young, and and I I have a and I love White Cloud to death, but White Cloud and Haig seem to be regressing at least in the first half of this season a little bit. So again, well, if there's a veteran defenseman that they can pick up, maybe they do that. And both those guys were injured, though, weren't they? they, they Some time or have, another. So maybe the week rest and they have been through some injuries. Yeah. yeah so maybe that. A little that's, concerning about White Cloud. He's been injured a lot lately. Uh-huh. I just, I, you know, that, that's a little concerning too. Is he a brittle guy? You, 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 you wonder. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think though tonight will be a fantastic test. It will be. And I, have, I, I think the Knights will win, but I'm not. I'm not saying that with a boatload of confidence. Okay, I, I, I would de- at that price. I, I, I forgot to look at the line. At that price, I'm definitely taking the Knights. You, you right. get the Knights plus forty at home. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good Coming deal. Off a a- break, Aiden Hill in goal. All right, Mark Hayes. Here it is. The all of Las Vegas is listening. They've been waiting for this right now. This moment, Mark Hayes. Who is your pick in the Super Bowl? Chiefs, Mahomes. Are you taking the points or you're riding the money line? I'm riding the money line. I'm taking the Chiefs all the way. I, I, I've been going back and forth for the last few days and just going 49ers, 
this, this, and this is really good. Chiefs, this, this, and this. And the conclusion ultimately came down to Mahomes and Andy Reid. There you go. Stevie? So when they first put it up, it was two and a half. Yep. It dropped to one and a half really quick yep. when they first put it up. I got two. Okay. I took the Chiefs plus two thinking, you know, it's it's going to go. And maybe, maybe I can get the 49ers on the money line coming back if it runs through pick, right? Well, that didn't happen. It's back to two now. In fact, there's a two and a half at the Westgate I saw today. Yeah. So, but anyway, I have the Chiefs plus two. I, I, I like the 49ers a lot, but I'll take Mahomes' experience over no matter how well uh, the kid plays for San Francisco. You guys are two thunder stealing buddies here. I, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. That's, that's the trifecta. Well, that just shows how smart we all are. Yeah. And watch the Chiefs win. <laughs> right, and we got some props though. Give us one or two props before we sign out here. Well, you know, I, there's one out here. Forty Niners um, is their first score going to be a touchdown, or is it going to be, or is it going to be a score or a punt? Score. Will they punt. score first, or will they punt first? First drive. Uh, no, just yeah, first drive. I, I, I you know what? Always the first couple of drives in these big games is a punt. For yep. some reason, because they're getting kind of, you, you know, the kinks out, getting the, you know, the little nerve, the jitters out. So on that one, I would say a punt. Right. Punts minus 140 uh, score of any type is plus 120. And I agree with you 100%. 100%. That's for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be nervous no matter, even if they script plays, even if they go over him a thousand times. I think when he gets into the environment. Yeah. He's he's still a young kid. Yeah. I don't think the game is going to be too big, but I think that first four or five, three or four drives, it's like, okay, this is kind of what defense you're going to play, offense you're going to play. And I say, I would say a punt on that. Yep. And, and another one I like is uh, Mahomes over four and a half rushing attempts. I think in these kind of games, Pat Mahomes doesn't care. No. He does not care. I got six months to heal. I'm going to run that ball, and I'm not sliding. I'm I'm going for every play. I am going to try and win this game no matter what it What's takes. What's the prop on that? What's the, the uh, minus one twenty four and a half, four wow. and a half total attempts? He'll 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 rush the ball way more than that in the first quarter, or second yeah. quarter. I mean, especially if they're chasing the receivers around. Yeah, and chasing Kelsey with two people. Guess what? The middle's wide open. Frisco has a. They got two really good linebackers, but their secondary is really kind of. Suspect where you can see Mahomes taking advantage of that deck, that secondary. How about you, Steve? You got anything you love? Uh, I, I, I'm not a prop player. I, no. I, I just I, I tend to look at the point spread and and maybe the under. I, I this this game. I, I Spagnola is a really good defense. A lot better than they thought he was. Kansas they were going to be this year. Yeah. The defense and, and and you're right about the San Francisco uh, defensive backs. But the front line is pretty damn stout. Oh, it is. It so, is. The front seven is really good. Yeah. I mean, you got you probably got two or three pro bowlers, not, a, not if not every year on 49ers defense, and they probably have one or two, three potentially guys that maybe even be So I, I can good see enough. Kansas City getting a couple of deep balls, but I still think it's gonna be a low scoring yeah, game. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta you gotta contain Kelsey, right? Remember last week against the Ravens, he was eleven for eleven for a hundred hundred and three yard hundred and ten yards and a touchdown. All right. Eleven for eleven. He had eleven pass attempts and he caught the ball eleven times. So the forty ers may may do that to fault though, right? They may be so focused on Phil and uh, Kelsey, and I, and I get take away the best option, right? Yeah. But then that's going to leave somebody else open. Yeah, and it, and it, and I think that is what probably is going to happen. Somebody else other than Ke- if I'm the D coordinator for the 49ers, 
Kelsey is not going to beat me like he beat the Ravens. Right, right. Right. Let's take him out the game. And but then the Chiefs, like the 49ers, they don't have the big name, but they do have some weapons. Yeah. They got Pacheco who runs the ball like a madman. He, mad yeah. he yeah. runs hard. He can yeah. catch. And then you got yeah. you got she the 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 couple of receivers, Valdell, Scantley. You got uh she uh, what's now he's a rookie, number four. Uh, but they have some guys. If he can get them the ball, they'll catch it and you know, kind of make something happen. They don't have a Tyreek Hill, but they do have a couple of pretty good second, third year players that can play on the offensive side. Yeah, but if they're chasing Kelsey around, and those guys will be open. Well, they'll be open too in the middle of the field. To be open for him. To that's run. what I and I, I hey, think that's where the Forty like ers will be kind of vulnerable. They're, they're in that sec right behind those two really good linebackers. Can those linebackers run with Kelsey? Yeah. Right now, you got to put a linebacker in the safety to guard Kelsey. So it's going to open up the door. We gonna, we might be surprised. It might be a player that just jumps off the chart that is if there's a prop, a bet like uh, um, they're, they're running back. I forgot his name slips me from for, LSU. For yeah, for LSU, the, the little uh, small Ed, guy. Edwards Hilaire. 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 Yeah. But so there might be a player or two that pick up the double team and the things that 49ers are going to try to do. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a player that just just emerges in this game. All right. And the kicking team in the kicking game too. I I want to be uh, be looking out for the kicking game. In, in a low scoring game, the kicking game is very important. And Butner is I mean uh the guy for Kansas City is really good and the 49ers guy is a rookie, Moody from yeah. Michigan and so there you got a veteran against a rookie, yeah. you get an opportunity, and he's missed some extra points yeah. late in games yeah. where they only get six instead of seven. And then if that line is correct, he missed a field goal or an extra right. point. Yeah, there's, <laughs> point. Yeah. there's the game. So I think special teams also, we got to watch that throughout the game and see which special teams makes a mistake and which one misses a f- extra. You miss an extra point in the Super Bowl, you can I, potentially lose a game. You know, but I like the fact that it's a good, it's a close game. I like the well, fact of course. that there's a two point line, one and a half point line on this game makes it way more exciting. Yeah. And I, and I, I think this will be a very interesting game. I think it'll be a very strategic game between two knowledgeable head coaches and they're going to be out there playing chess. Yeah. Well, really, two really good coaches and, yeah. and, and a reminder. These guys played four years ago, three years ago. Right. So there's a little bit of like, okay, the 49ers want to repeat and try to get that, get back. But you also got the Chiefs going, okay, we want to be a dynasty. We got to beat this team and win back-to-back Super Bowls. I think there's another factor with, with Shanahan, the 49ers head coach. Remember, he blew that game against New England in Atlanta, right? As when the, he was the Falcons as the coordinator. OC, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so – that may creep into his mind, yeah. And, it, and there may be some o- overthinking, right? Plays and situations by him, yeah. So that that doesn't. So he's so scared of that happening again. Oh yeah, and he, he don't might, want that to happen. He might he might outthink himself, and that's possible with coaches, and that's possible. And you're trying to do you're trying to focus so much on Andy Reid that you forget your play calling, right? And so. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a lot of about two or three different factors that might be the difference in this game. Mm-hmm. One is coaching. One is a play. I think it's going to be a player that I don't know what side of the ball. I just think they're going to emerge and potentially win the, help them win the game on, on either side. So you mm-hmm. think there's going to be some dark horse player who's not really been talked about. That's North a starter. Features. He's a player. He's a starter, but he's not. He's not. 
he's your third or fourth option. Right. He's not Christian on both sides on both teams, he's right? Not, you know, yeah. It it could it could Samuel. be I mean, it, it, you know, you're not going it's Valdez just Scantling. It could be somebody that just emerges quietly but also helps the team on either side win the game. I'm talking the third or fourth starter. That possibly could be a third back back up. I mean, I think that that's going to be the key to this game. And you know, like I said, we got Brock Purdy over there, who's who's plays exceptionally well. He plays really well in the clutch, like yeah. you know, down the stretch when they're down in the last couple of weeks. But this is not the Lions. Nope, <laughs> this is not the Detroit Lions, right? Andy Reid is not going to go for it on fourth and eight, and it's not the Packers. So. You know, you know what? I, I, you brought that up. <laughs> I, I don't think that that was the problem with Detroit. To me, they never established the run. They, they went completely In away the from the run half. game. Keep running the ball. And they had six, they got two really good running backs. Yes. And I don't, and that's what I think this game you have. I think all the key players, all the, People who's supposed to step up are going to step up, but it's going to be that. And I don't know who will. We'll probably talk about it all, ne- you know, next. I don't know who it is, but it's going to be that one play or one player that's going to really make the turn in this game. And it could even be on special teams because yeah, yeah. Debo San. I mean, uh, McLeod is a really good oh, returner. Good, yeah. And you know, on the uh, on the other side with the Chiefs, they have you know you know a couple of guys that can get back there and take the ball to the house. They got a rookie, I, I, it's Rashad, Rashad. I think it's Rashad Sheehy or something like that. But he he's a returner, and I think that's where we're gonna see it. And while we watching the game, go wow, that one player did step up, <laughs> right? And he's probably not even on the prop bets, but he's gonna emerge as one of the stars. We, we we try we try to cover all those. <laughs> he might be in there somewhere. You know you know Andy Reid's going to dial up a couple of plays too that are going to yeah, go, and, wow. and it could be even on defense, like you're saying with yeah. Spags, right? It might be a defensive touchdown. Yeah, might be Jones with a yeah. with a you know he get to Brock Purdy for cause a fumble, and one of the DBs or, pick it up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this, I can see this game going or, that or, way. Or defensive lineman that's got some kind of mismatch on the offensive line and pressuring Purdy. Yeah, you know. and get to him and he fumbles or he, yeah. you know, he makes him make some a mistake right. that can really hurt them Just a, in, at the end of this game. Because this is a game, if you make one mistake might be the difference in yeah. you winning and losing. So, yep. um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an outrageous statement right now. I think that guy might be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think he might be the superstar that wins the game. Right. I, I, I don't know, Mark. That's the obvious. Yes. That's the obvious. But what's the what? You know what is the non-obvious? Right. Somebody just emerging at a at this moment. Right. Like some players have a moment, and this could be that moment where that one guy just. Makes a play. All you need is one play to win the game. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco's got so many good players, though, that they don't, they're not hiding anybody. Jeez, no. That that would more likely happen on the Chiefs' side of the ball. But they do have a few players that are kind of, uh, you, you know, know, shuffle in and out. And, you know, Reynolds, I think I think the third or fourth receiver, I think his name is Reynolds, I think. But I just see this game kind of going that way with the line being so low, right? Yeah. How about if Moody missed the extra point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. That's not unheard of where he shanks a field right. goal. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. There's, a, there's a four point difference. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Brooks about Mahomes because I, I think Mah- Kelsey's 
getting at the end of his career, right? Yeah. They've, they've, they've already lost some pieces, right? Tough, tough to keep them now because everybody wants more money, right? So I think Mahomes knows that, that, that he's, he needs to win this one for his legacy because he might not get another chance. Yeah. And I, and I, I honestly thought this year the Chiefs wouldn't do what they did. No. I don't think anybody had it circled as the Chiefs when being in the Super Bowl. You sit here week 10 and 11, you thought, oh boy, the Chiefs are. Yeah. After they lost to the Raiders. I'm like, that's the end. Wow. The Chiefs (laughs) lost to the Raiders and they got to go on the road for three games. Right. So he's doing the Patrick Mahomes. What what did the uh, Patriots, the Patriots way, right? Yeah. It's the Chiefs way now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's the Mahomes and Andy Reid's way. So, well, we had a good show. Great show. I think what we ought to do, Mark, is go sample some of that Super Bowl food. It's a lot back there. Did you guys smell it? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So we got Chiefs, Chiefs all around the board. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What is the over under? Uh, 47 and a half. Wow. So they're saying 30? 47 and a half. 30 to 20? It's a little higher than I thought. (laughs) 27 to... 27-20. Missed yeah. extra point. <laughs> well, that's I, I was thinking forty-four would, would would have been my number, and obviously they would have, they would have bet. My well, they got so many over, weapons on offense yeah, at the 49ers. They're thinking if Brock Purdy can just not lose the game and get it to some of his weapons. I mean, who do you stop on offense? <laughs> You're talking me into the 49ers. <laughs> who do you stop on offense? All right, guys, it's been a wonderful show, and we'll. Go out with a little. They playing right now. They finna kick the drop the puck. <laughs> drop the puck. All right, Stevie Slapshot, Mark Hayes, Brooks Whitmore, the triple threat. I hope you guys' team win. Good